Welcome, and thank you for listening today. This Caregiver Life podcast focuses on caregivers from all walks of life. Throughout the episode, we will hear from caregivers on the front line, those who do the day-to-day, sometimes hour-to-hour caregiving. We will also hear from care recipients, professionals in the field of caregiving, and other various topics of interest to those living this caregiver life. Hi, Jen. Hi, Mayor. What's up? Well, I got a a lot of uh, caregiving things to juggle. We're uh, like everybody else. You know, we have annual doctor's appointments. Our annual primary care appointment uh, was actually delayed because of COVID. And then it was back on and we had the blood test and then now it's delayed again. And so we're trying to coordinate all of the pieces, uh, things that need to be renewed that that are now behind and uh, supplies that we need. So can we get referrals for the supplies without having the appointment? And it's just a lot. It is a lot. And I, I do find that there's a little more forgiveness right now. Do you find that with the providers? Yeah. And I'm definitely uh, feeling a lot of love from them as to trying to make it work for us. What do we need? Trying to get back to us quickly uh, with are answering our questions or trying to help us find the supplies that we need. Um, there was, you know, a shortage of supplies, which we talked about a couple of months ago. Um, now that's, that's lessened, but you still need orders to get supplies, even to do um, some telehealth visits for those to continue. You need orders to be renewed because who would thought, who would have thought that, you know, we'd be over a hundred days in. And so really trying to work through all that and, um, I have to say, I kind of miss going in person, if that makes sense. Like as much of a chore as it is to go to the VA or to any doctor's office, it, it is going somewhere, you know? That's true. It, it gets you to see people face to face. It's really kind of nice to do that. But it, honestly, even when you do, you know, everybody's wearing a mask, so we're not even seeing... You have to see if somebody can smile with their eyes, you know. And, you know, for a lot of our care recipients who have brain injuries, like my brother, um, a vision impairment, a hearing impairment, he needs to put all the information together from mm-hmm. what he sees, what he hears, what he's to comprehend it all. And um, that's, that's a struggle, a little bit of a struggle right now. Yeah, I can understand that. It's just... Uh... It's just the way it is, you know, and it, you can't, it's hard to minimize it with them either, you know, or we'll try to get them through it because it's what he's Yeah, doing. we're doing a lot of notes and a lot of follow-up questions um, using the electronic messaging with the providers. That's helping. I hope um, if there are any of our caregivers listening who are also going through this sort of struggle, I'd love to hear what, what you're doing um, to get through this time. It, it's ever-changing, but ever-challenging. Yeah, we're we're struggling right now with uh, with Tom needs blood work, his biannual blood work, and he's he's uh, he needs to get his A one C done, especially that's for diabetes. His di- his fasting numbers are not so good right now, and with ALS you get a hypermetabolism. It's like being like a teenage boy, like thousands of calories you could be burning because your your muscles are burning up all this energy but you cannot use it to you know you can't walk or you can't exercise like we can to get rid of that glucose so it stays in his body so it's really a balance 
and well, I'm going to have to bring him in in person to get his lab work done because mm -hmm. negotiating, trying to get somebody to do it in home healthcare is just going to take too long. So we need to take care of that. Like he finishes dinner and he's hungry. I'm making him eggs and mm. toast and something like that. Like, well, like when I get off of here, when I get off last, well, the last time we talked, I had to go make him an extra dinner. Like, I mean, try to minimize that. But um, so, yeah, I mean, I get it. It's, it. There's a lot of challenges. There's a lot of behind the scene challenges. Yeah, a lot of behind the scenes work. I feel like I'm the... Uh... The producer, the caster. I'm I'm in charge of costumes. I'm the grip. Um, <laughs> I'm craft. I'm all the things. You're all the things. We could we could call an episode that one time. We'll call it all the things. But today we have um, a different podcast, um, offering ourselves grace with some of our guests. So this is our third in our series with. Um, family operating base with Raquel Derrick. She's joining us today as a, a guest interviewer. And we have Sean Moore with us, who is our premier guest. She's our star of the show today. Sean is a newly minted licensed social worker. She was a Missouri police officer for 14 years, founder and executive director of Caregivers on the Homefront, an Elizabeth Dole Foundation alumni, fellow alumni, and a caregiver to her husband. That's probably the most important piece, a 23-year veteran of the Army. Welcome. We're so happy to have you with us, Sean. Thank you for agreeing to join us. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here, and I'm super excited um, in this age of COVID that I actually get to see you all. Um, that's, that is actually a plus, because we wouldn't be if um, not for this. That's true. We wouldn't. And that is actually what drove us to have this collaboration with Raquel, who brought the whole idea to me. And so, you know, the point of our series is what can we bring as caregivers to this sudden, crazy pandemic world that we're living in to people who are not as used to sudden things happening to them? Like we all are able to do at this point in our lives. We have all have our own strategies. Some of them are really similar. And some of them are very different, but we certainly can always learn from each other. And that's what we hope that we give back to people who are listening. Um, so I have a couple of questions. Um, my first one is you are so deeply involved in the caregiver community. Where does your motivation come from? Great question. So my motivation comes in a couple of things. First, when I first became a caregiver back in 2013, I had no resources in our local area, and which would be Kansas City, Missouri. I looked, I searched, there wasn't anything here to guide me on this journey, whether that be education, peer support, a sounding board, so that's number one. And then number two, my passion, what drives me is I live this life every day. I am a caregiver. I, I am not immune to waking up and it not being the day I thought it was going to be when I went to bed, just like all the other caregivers. And when I may get down 
in this caregiving journey, guarantee you it's always another caregiver or um, something that I read that a caregiver has posted online that is the pick-me-up and is what one, what I find that drives me, drives me along. Mm -hmm. What is the, what is the best kind of pick-me-up that you find when you're on social media and you need that pick-me-up? Reading that, reading a story that someone has posted or a, a dilemma, a problem, and it could be something good too. But when I read something that I can go, oh my gosh, sounds like me, sounds like our story. I, I that's, that's the pick me up. It, it's, and I think it's always there as we, we know that we are not alone. Sometimes when we are experiencing this journey and I mean, right in the thick of this caregiving journey, we forget that we are not alone. We are not the only one experiencing what we are or having the feelings that we are. Oftentimes I'll say that, you know, our loved one, our veteran, their experience was probably way different than um, my husband's is different than yours and, and Jennifer's brother and Raquel's husband. But it seems to me like the caregivers experience their feelings pretty much every caregiver has had those feelings before so when we share our stories that what we can identify even a little bit with it it does help us to feel less alone and i'm i'm going to throw a little pitch in here for when we come back we're going to take a couple months to kind of regroup it'll be a it's a long pause for us, but it's a necessary one. So we come back good and refreshed um, to back to our podcasting. But our thrust after this break is what's your story? What's your caregiver story? We hope you'll help us achieve that with your caregivers. We're looking for a five to seven minute, even if they want to write it, they can write it out there five to seven minutes about themselves or about a situation um, and we'll record them or send us a recording, there's a way of doing that on our podcast so that other people can hear their stories because there's millions of us across the country. And sometimes you just need to hear that one little piece. And that's what we're hoping to bring to even non-caregivers who would be listening to this podcast today, you know, to listen to our stories and, and hear some of the things that we've done to overcome these challenges that we face every day, like waking up in the morning and it's not the same day you thought it was gonna be before you got out of bed. <laughs> exactly. Frequently, right? Um, and so I have another question before, I, uh, before we go to a break and um, I turn the rest of the podcast over to Jen and Raquel is I'm thinking about navigating the yeah. sometimes turbulent waters of caregiving. What thoughts can you offer to caregivers in taking care of their own health physically, emotionally, and intellectually? It's a big question, but you have about five minutes. Okay. So I believe that when we encounter a, a crisis, whether that be in our caregiving journey or what has happened with the pandemic, many not only caregivers have found themselves in some sort of crisis, whether that be 
you know, their, their kids are now home from school, the daycares are closed, the schools are closed, my job shut down, whatever that may be, we are in a crisis. And the one thing that I have found is we forget so easily what our strengths are, our innate strengths, when we encounter a crisis. Our strengths go out the door. We forget what those are. We don't rely on what those strengths are. Couple things, first you have to know what your strengths are, right? So if you don't know what your strengths are, I encourage everyone, take a look back over your life, think about a crisis that you had, and what did you utilize to get through that crisis? And guarantee you it's some strengths that you may not see or are utilizing right now, but you have them inside yourself. So start with strengths. And of course, that feeds into your mind, because you're really, you're deep diving here, what are my strengths? So when you find out what your strengths are and you realize that, okay, hey, I've gotten through crisis in the past, I can, I can fall back on my strengths. How can I navigate that through this current current crisis. And one thing that I believe through any crisis, we'll probably find that we found others around us that helped us along on our journey, whether that have been a family member, a friend, mental health counseling, so a professional, peer support, whatever that might be, I believe that we'll, we'll find in our lives that there was someone there that helped pick us up. We need to make sure that we are finding those people. And to find those people, you kind of have to tell your story, right? Mm -hmm. You this sure is do. what I'm going through. Then, then mentally, intellectually, so you're putting yourself self out there with your intellectually finding your strengths, mentally you're finding that person, you're bouncing ideas off that person. I am, as you said before, a newly licensed social worker. I have always been a very huge proponent of whether in good times or bad times. Therapy is a great, great plan to have. It's just really nice to have that third party that isn't, they're invested in you, but they are not so close to you that they can't offer really um, heartfelt, sometimes maybe tough to hear, solutions for you. And then, what was the last one? The emotionally, the intellectually, physically. Physically, yes. So we know we have to feed our body, right? And that, that goes into play with mentally, intellectually, now physically, you've got to feed your body. And with us being caregivers, a lot of times we have found ourselves in isolation way before COVID happened. So you've got to find those small nuggets. And, I, I, and I'm not going to say the self-care thing here because sometimes it's really hard to do that, right? A, a, lot, a lot of things are shut down now. So the things that we may think of or some people think of the top, off the top of their head is self-care. Go get my hair done. Go get my nails done. Go get that massage. Well, we, we can't do those things right now. So what is it that you can 
do to physically fuel your body? Eating right, eating small meals throughout the day. I've told somebody before, if you can't go on a walk, can you walk across the street and get the mail? Because that's something. You're getting outside, you got to get your mail. Take that time to just step outside. Don't find yourself in front of you know, a computer all day long. You still have to have breaks, just like you would if you were in the office. And leave your phone in the house. Yes. Oh, my go gosh. Completely disconnect and go, go out and be you. Be you as a human being, non-caregiver person. Most definitely. You have to take yourself out of, of the, the plug-in 24-7. Well, I love that. that. That is such a great, you know, full answer. So it's really juicy. So my takeaway really is to find somebody. And sometimes it's okay if you don't find the right person initially. It happens. Sometimes you think the right person is the right person and then they're not. And it's really great if you can even ask somebody, can you, can you listen to my story? Can you listen to what this short mini story is right now in my life? And um, just take it from me for a little bit. There's not even a solution, right? Because there's no cures for some things. There's no, so, there's no big solutions. But can you hold it for me? I have a friend here locally who does that for me. And she says, I'm not invested in your story. It's your story. It's a problem you have. And I can hold that for you right now. You've given that to me and I've made you one brick lighter. I love what you said in, I am not invested in your story. I have the capability to sit here and listen and hold that for you and take that, really that burden off of you because that's what we're doing when we're listening to someone. We are not listening to respond to them. We are not listening to be defensive towards them. We are just listening so that they can tell us what they are going through right now. And just, I'm sure we each know as caregivers, that is huge for us just to have that person to offload some stuff on. It's enormous. Well, so we need to take a little bit of a break and then uh, Jen and Raquel will go deeper into our conversation with you. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me. But I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. All right, Jen, take it away. Well, I just want to first acknowledge that you often are the person that holds things for me. Um, maybe not so much lately, but uh, there was certainly a time in my life when I had some really, really heavy things and I couldn't, couldn't hold them by myself. And so I want to acknowledge you for doing that and, and offering me that grace. You know, the grace really has three definitions um, it's courteous goodwill. Um, it's the refinement of movement. Uh, but it's also doing honor to someone by giving your presence. And that's really what we're talking about here with Sean. That's, you know, being in that peer group is important, but also being, being there one-on-one, -on -one, it's, it doesn't have to be another caregiver that can 
hold your heavy things for you. But I really just want to encourage our listeners who, who don't have that person in their life to keep searching for them. Uh, join peer groups, join Facebook groups, um, listen to podcasts and find other ways to network with folks. But, but you will uh, find that person that, that will help you hold those things in your life when you need that. Um, Sean, I just, I wanted to ask you, um, when you meet a new caregiver, what, uh, what, what advice, what's sort of that baseline advice that you give those who are just coming into this lifestyle? You know, you've been in it for a while now and, uh, and I'm just curious what, how, how you direct them. Unconsciously, we generally take on this caregiving role. It's generally um, either it, your caregiving role is something that you haven't realized is happening for your loved one, or there was a traumatic incident and you're smack dab in the middle of, of caregiving. So we unconsciously take on that role at the expense of who we are as a person, our identity. And some, have, uh, some of you have heard me say that before, but I believe that's so important as a caregiver. And for those of um, you listening that may not identify as a caregiver, I bet there are nuggets in this COVID pandemic that you can go, wow, I, I was more of a caregiver through this, this pandemic. I really want to make sure the first thing, really, the first thing that I do with caregivers is do not lose your identity. It's so easy to do on this journey. If I had realized when I first met my husband, I, I believe I identified as a caregiver really early on, but we can take that role as a 24 seven caregiver and really forget what we like, what our hobbies are. Um, many people have uh, to quit their jobs, take a break from the careers that they may have um, loved, and then they find themselves in this caregiving journey. I think um, earlier we were talking about writing down our strengths, um, and I know that's something that you do in your workshops, but you know, what a great idea to write down our hobbies, or maybe hobbies that we once had, or hobbies that we want to try, so that when we find a little pocket of time, or a friend that says, let's do something together for an hour. We have a list that we can go to and say, okay, I have this friend and I really, really wanted to try. I really wanted to make this recipe forever. We, let's make it together. Um, or we're, we're, we're distancing ourselves. So you make it at your house and I'll make it at my house and we'll be on FaceTime. But um, I, I think that it, uh, is it's really important to keep track of of what's important to you. And now I want to ask Raquel to jump in here um, and just talk to us a little bit about your thoughts about grace. Yeah, well, actually, it's interesting. I was going to ask Sean about this because I feel like 
I had never even really heard of this concept of offering yourself grace until I found my caregiver tribe. Um, and I don't know, you know, I know for some people it has like a faith-based background and I certainly grew up with faith and have faith, but it wasn't like a component of my faith that I was raised with. And um, I'm a New Yorker, born and raised, and I know like sometimes we stay or do things differently, you know, in the Northeast and maybe other parts of the country. And so I just wasn't really sure like how I had missed the boat on this concept of like offering yourself grace. And as a result, I think I'm horrible at it. And so I just wanted to hear you talk more about like, if you're kind of explaining this concept to a caregiver, trying to help them work through it, like what, what does it mean for them to really truly offer themselves grace and how can they get there when they're not, you know, wired necessarily that way? I think um, when I, when I um, think about grace, one of the activities that comes to mind really quickly is a gratitude journal um, and making sure that we're, and actually, so not a gratitude journal of like what's going on right in your life, but a gratitude journal towards yourself in that to offer grace we as caregivers, and I also believe as women, and I say that because women here are on this, I know you have um, men listeners as well, but I think women are born with an innate, <laughs> I don't know if it's ability, but we just do this, right? We take care of everyone else. And if, and if we are not like perfect every day, of taking care of everyone else and everything else, we are so hard on ourselves. We are our own best critic. So in your gratitude journal, and, and, and almost, can we call it a grace journal? What, right? A grace journal. Let's move to a grace journal. In looking back throughout your day, at the end of the day, because a lot of times we're like, oh my gosh, I didn't get that done. I could have done that better. I raised my voice to the kid. I raised my voice to my loved one. Oh, I wish I didn't do that. If you have a journal and you can write those things down, I think it's good that we acknowledge that because we're not stuffing it down inside us and just letting it fester. So we write it down in this grace journal, but then we have to let it go. When you write it down, you let that go. And you look at ways that tomorrow can be different and we can do something better, okay? If you're finding during the day around lunchtime um, that you, you can look back on your grace journal and go, oh my gosh, that was like every, every day at lunchtime, I was, I was like really snippy at the people I love. I didn't eat. I haven't been eating lunch. Gee, maybe that's why I'm snippy. So it's, there's a reason there that things aren't going as great as we may think they should be, but it's offering that grace and finding in those moments what we can turn to. 
what we can do better. I, and, and as caregivers and anyone that is going through this pandemic, like we all are, we need to find a lot of grace, a lot of grace right now. Things for many, many people are not normal, right? So we have to find ways to go, it's okay today. It's okay today. I love that. That's, I cannot wait to start a grace journal. Like, I think that that is such a great idea. I have definitely noticed, you know, today, like, I'm not even proud of it today. I exploded on my husband and I was like, I'm hangry. My lower back hurts, like probably because I'm holding on to all this stuff. I'm trying to push myself physically. Right. And I just like, I knew as soon as it happened, I'm like, you were wrong, you know, but like, you can't take it back. So I love the idea of kind of tracking it and keeping, keeping a mental note and a physical note too, and really working on that. Cause I think it's important that during this pandemic, grace does look a little bit different. Right. So, because we're all living our lives so differently that it's really recognizing um, that, you know, in my professional life, maybe grace looks like this when I'm in the office, but like now my 24 seven life is in this house. And so maybe grace looks different. So that was really helpful for me. And I'm, I'm hopeful that it was helpful for another caregiver too. I think, you know, when you're writing in your grace journal too, it's not about just putting in there that, you know, I didn't, I didn't do this right. I didn't do that right. It, that's not the purpose. We're not writing a list of the things that we didn't do right today. We are, because someone else may think that you did everything right. They may not have thought twice about what you did. But these are things that we could dwell on if we don't write them down. And also, when you're writing them down, at the end of, at the end of your, your list, whether that's one, that's 10, whatever it is, you need to write a love note to yourself. You really need to write a love note to yourself. I like that. Write a love note to yourself. I tried my best today. You can write it in your grace journal. That could be your first entry if you don't have one already. I'm hoping that when we hear some caregiver stories this fall, we hear about some successful grace journaling. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like a great fob giveaway too. So I think, I think I'm stealing this idea. I'm yeah. in love with it. Same. Um, Raquel, do you have any more um, questions or comments that you'd like to share with Sean or with our listeners? Just thank you so much for all your insight. I mean, I really feel, I almost feel like I had a therapy session with you right now and I'm like walking away from this. My back hurts a little less. I'm just really thankful that you were available for this. Sean has that effect on people and that's why Caregivers on the Home Front has been so successful and why so many caregivers come out of her, her retreats and her programs feeling energized, feeling renewed, and certainly feeling loved and supported. Thank you. You guys, that means a lot to me. <laughs> I feel well, I loved and supported on this podcast today. Are you kidding me? I think one of the exciting things too about Sean is that when she and I first met, I was starting up FOB and she was starting up caregivers on the home front. And we really kind of connected over that. And I feel like it's been 
just I've been rooting so strongly, you know, from afar for caregivers on the home front and your success. And now to see whatever it is, three years later, us come back together and be like, let's collaborate on this together. I'm so happy to see our projects come together like that. It is wild. I was thinking about that earlier that I, I mean, I can remember exactly asking you, how, how did you start that? What, what's going on? How did you do this? So I think um, that's a great takeaway, right? In, in, the, in the show today is that somebody that you meet and you tell your story to maybe somebody down the road that you, you, are, you are pushing forward in this great journey that, that we live every day. And life is a journey. We know that. And, and it's not ever um, always going to be roses, but it's really leaning in to the people around you. Um, and I just, I, I mean, for me, I can tell you that if it was not, were not for other caregivers I, I would have a tough go at, at this caregiving journey, for sure. Um, it, uh, founding caregivers on the home front, I pray, has given other caregivers just as much as those caregivers end up giving me through, through our programs and, and through listening to their stories. And that's the definition of grace, of offering grace, by doing honor to someone else uh, by your presence. And uh, I dare say also by your gifts. So thank you for being on the show today. Mayor, what do you think? Well, I love this. And I want to thank you for being my person to hold my things. You've Some of my darkest moments, you've been there to carry it with me and take some of it from me. And I appreciate that. And um, I... I just love doing this Caregiver Life podcast with you. It's really a blessing and it's a lot of grace. So it's, It is so much. It's so healthy. And I hope our listeners can feel our love and, and carry that with them and know that they're not alone. And that's why we share these stories so that nobody feels like they're alone. Yep. So with that, we have over 2,300 listeners at this point. So we're, we're rocking along. We're going to be really excited when we hit 3,000. We're hoping to hear stories. You don't have to wait until like the end of August to send us your stories. We'll take them anytime. We'll collect them and we'll start uh, releasing some of them in the fall. So we're looking forward to that. So spread the word. You can reach us at thiscaregiverlife at gmail.com for comments or questions or concerns or, um, or any issue you might have. Some people like to, some people have pitched us stories through our email. So that's great too. We love that. You can find us on Facebook at This Caregiver Life and Instagram, This Caregiver Life, and at This Caregiver on Twitter. Did I finally get that right? Yep, short and sweet, uh, just like that. I you know what, Mayor? We have a website now. Oh my God, we do. Jen, that was Jen's job. She did such a good job on that. It's it's in its very infant form, but it is in fact our website, thiscaregiverlife.com, and um, we'll be adding to it. Soon you'll be able to read Mayor's blog and some uh, some of my writing, and we're also going to be sharing um, links to great organizations um, like Caregivers on the front, Home Front and FOB, our family operating base partners, and we're just so excited to be able to share with you um, on our website. Well, no, me too. Well, all right, so everybody be safe. I'm going to see Sean in a few weeks. We're going to socially distance. She's coming in from Kansas to visit her daughter here and 
my little Wilmington here. So I'm excited about that. And we'll can air hug, I guess, right? Yes. So, yeah. So, all right. Well, good deal. That's a wrap for this series. Thank you so much, Raquel. We really enjoyed uh, being having you be a part of this. And uh, we'll, we'll be talking to you soon to wrap this up and share our thoughts on all three of these special episodes in our fourth and final episode coming up next. Thank you. This project has been amazing. Yep. All righty. Till the next time. Till next time, Mayor.